God's word is a fire in my bones, and I cannot keep it in. We are not building an institution or a program. We are building the kingdom of God. This is Do Not Keep Silent. Welcome back into Do Not Keep Silent. My name is Jason Azurik, in with Katie Erickson, my guest host today. How are you doing? Doing all right. How are you doing, guest Jason? Guest host. How about guest? I, I'm good with guest host. Okay. A lot of work, too. It's better than what you called me the very first time I was on the air. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> this is Katie Erickson, though, meaning sitting next to me. I'm Jason Azurik. Thanks for being with us. Don't be a pushover. Katie's an author, blogger, and speaker for the ministry of Worldview Warriors, find us at worldviewwarriors.org. That's worldviewwarriors.org. Tonight, we're going to dig into 1 Corinthians just a bit. Before we do that, though, um, I'd like to dig in around here. I wanted to share about what the Bible says about first. If you don't mind, let's dig into that. That's a resource, a book that mm-hmm. you wrote. Yep. And it's available in paperback and Kindle. Find it at worldviewwarriors.org. And what is it? It is called What the Bible Says About. (laughs) All right. So if you've ever wondered what the Bible says on a certain topic, well, wonder no more. This book contains Bible passages and explanations on what the Bible says about more than 50 different topics. Some topics include what the Bible says about heaven, hell, addictions, miracles, authority, and there's so many more. Each topic's discussion is laid out in a systematic manner, including some personal stories and examples from me. And you can be encouraged to dig into God's word as you find out what the Bible says on all of these topics. Absolutely. And find that at worldviewwarriors.org. That's worldviewwarriors.org. What the Bible says about written by Katie Erickson. And Katie also writes a weekly blog post. Releases it at worldviewwires.org. Click the blog tab. It'll take you there. Find Charlie's writings as well. And again, this is Do Not Keep Silent. And let's dig into 1 Corinthians just a bit. All right. Well, we are getting into 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, We're looking at verses 4 through 9 tonight. So we're still pretty early on in the book here. Um, Paul has basically just, you know, introduced himself in the letter Before this, you know, said who it's for. It's to the Church of God in Corinth, to the believers there. And he introduces with his standard greeting of grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we get into the passage that we're going to focus on now, which is 1 Corinthians 1, verses 4 through 9, which says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. With all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Mm. Lord. So we had the Paul's introduction in the, the first three verses of this letter. And then in this section of verses, we see some more introductory remarks, but he also starts to get into the letter just a little bit. So the key theme of this section is thanksgiving and encouragement. Paul often begins his letters this way, first thanking God for the people in the churches to whom he is writing. We see this, for example, in Romans, in Colossians, and in Philippians. So the Greek verb used there for I always thank is eucharisto, 
And this verb implies a habit of being thankful, not just a, a one-time or an occasional thing. It's also the word from which we derive the word Eucharist, also known as the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. So Paul is truly thankful here. He's not thankful to the people because they did something amazing, mm. but he's thankful to God for these people. Paul makes a habit of being thankful for the grace of God through Jesus Christ, which is given to him and given to all the believers at the church in Corinth and also to all of us. Paul is thankful that there are more believers who have experienced that free gift of God and now join him as brothers and sisters in Christ. This grace of God has truly enriched all of their lives in every way. It's important to note how Paul calls out, he says, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge in verse 5. So Corinth, the church where the, the place where this church is located, Corinth was a city in Greece and the Greeks were known for their strong emphasis on knowledge, knowing facts, knowing how things work, all of that kind of stuff. So this idea of all knowledge would have been very important to the Corinthians based on their surrounding culture and the fact that it was so knowledge-based. But this idea of all kinds of speech, because remember Paul says that uh, for in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. So this all kinds of speech phrase, that brings in a spiritual aspect, more than just the intellectual knowledge. The word translated as speech is logos, which is the Greek word that means word. So in John 1.1, 1, 1, we see Jesus referred to as the logos. So Jesus is the word. And the Corinthians, he says, have been enriched with all of the word. And that's something we'd miss in our English translation, because in, in most English translations, it says all kinds of speech. And while that word can mean speech, it also is used to refer to Jesus. So Jesus is the word. The Corinthians have been enriched with all of the word. They've been enriched with all of Jesus. So what is the result of all of this enrichment? Well, the next verse, verse 6, tells us, says, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Now, the gospel, of course, had been previously shared with the people at Corinth. They had heard Paul's personal testimony as well. Because Paul was not one of the original followers of Jesus, but rather Jesus appeared to him when Paul was literally on his way to kill Christians in another town. So they heard the gospel message of how Jesus died for them, and then they heard the amazing things that God had done in Paul's life. So God confirmed the believers' work there by showing Paul that they are true believers of Jesus Christ. Paul sees the evidence of faith in Jesus Christ in the people of Corinth, and he shares that with them in this letter, that God confirmed the testimony about Christ among them. So because of their faith, Paul encourages them in their walk as believers. In verse 7, he reminds them that they do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. Now, if you're familiar with the later chapters of 1 Corinthians, this might seem to be a foreshadowing of what Paul will write to them on spiritual gifts later in this letter in chapters 12 through 14. And that both all actually all of those are great chapters. Yes. Well, I mean the whole Bible's pretty great. It's but true. You know. <laughs> so while each individual believer is not, of course, expected to have every spiritual gift, that's not how it works. That's why the body of Christ is important. 
together as the body of Christ. They have all of the gifts of the Spirit. They have exactly what they need in order to do God's work as they wait for Jesus to be further revealed among them and in the culture around them. So this mention of Jesus being revealed there, it may actually be pointing to the second coming of Christ. The believers knew it had only been a couple of decades since Jesus physically walked the earth and then went up to heaven, but they believed he would come again very soon, likely in their lifetimes. So they were already eagerly waiting for this revealing of the next coming of Christ. But since they were waiting, Paul encourages them in verse 8. So their faith in Jesus will keep them strong to the end, whenever that end may come. And in Greek, that's the same word in verse 6 for confirming, where it said God confirming their testimony, as here for keeping them firm. In both occurrences of that same root word, it's God doing the action to confirm or to strengthen them. So the emphasis there is on God working in their lives. They need to rely on God and only God for this. Their own human nature will fail them if they try and rely on it to stay strong until Jesus comes again. So God will keep them strong and blameless because of the blood of Jesus for that day when Jesus is going to come again. So Paul closes out this section of thanksgiving and encouragement with a reminder of God's faithful character in verse 9. God is the one who brought them to faith in Jesus Christ. God is the one who has given them his grace. And God will continue to be faithful in all things in their lives. We see Paul just continually pointing them to God and to Jesus in all things in this passage. It's just, you know, these first nine verses of this book of Corinthians are just full of references to Jesus and to God and to how the action is all God's and all Jesus and all what, what they did, you know, not what the people of Corinth have mm. done. So there are many principles in this text that can apply to us as Christians today also. Because again, remember, this book was not written directly to us. It does apply to us, but it was written to the church in Corinth, these people who gathered as the believers in Corinth back in the first century, roughly around the years 55 to 56 AD, um, to that specific place, those people and that specific time, it was written to them, but it does apply to us today as well because we too are believers in Jesus. Because we too have received God's grace in our lives that has allowed us to have that faith in Jesus. So I have a question for you. Okay. Um, you know, we, we live in a day and a time now where it seems as if many people who at least call themselves Christians struggle with putting the Word of God into action in their own lives. Meaning, even when they mess up, some of them are unwilling to confess their sin and move on, ask for forgiveness. And I'm not judging. I'm just asking, do you think they were probably having struggles like that back then, too? Yes. Okay. <laughs> people are still people. <laughs> okay. Well, dig into that a little bit more. Well, I mean, some of the well, some of the aspects of you know human life have obviously changed since the first century. Um, people back then were also still selfish. People back then still, you know, wanted their way no matter what. Um, you know, people back then would still not like to be told that they're wrong. You know, just like people today, people are still people. You know, while circumstances have changed, I think the human nature really has not. 
So with that said, I mean, it, so there's things in the Bible that, you know, tell us how to live, you know, stay away from sexual immorality, you know, I mean, it, there's so many There's things. Some, some commandments back in Exodus, about 10 of them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> tell us how to live, yes. So with that said, when someone says, well, I don't really want to do that, huh? and again, I don't want to be the judge, and I don't want you to be the judge, but... How do we deal with someone like that who chooses to say, no, I'm going to do my own way? Well, they're allowed to say that. Okay. God, God okay. gives us his, you know, free will. You know, God didn't make us all, you know, robots who had to obey everything that he yeah. said. We have the choice to disobey. So the the trick is, though, we need to, it's knowing what God wants us to do. And then are we saying, okay, I'm going to try and do that. I might mess up, you know, but I'm really going to try to do what God wants. Or are we saying, Nope, I know what God wants, and I'm just gonna not do it. Okay, because we do both, but those are two different scenarios. So now let's let's dig into this question, uh, if you don't mind, because he, you you had said earlier that God is basically calling us to Him. God's doing the work, mm-hmm. but not us. How yep. are those different? Those are two very different thoughts. Well, what? <laughs> well, meaning. Because you, you had just said we have a choice to do we it. We do. So some people will have a struggle with that. They're like, now, wait a minute. That that doesn't make any sense. Is God doing the work or are we? Yes. <laughs> Depends. Oh. What work are you talking about? Because the work of salvation, that's all God. So it depends what you're talking about. But the disobedience, that's all us. Okay. <laughs> so we have the option to be obedient to God or we have the option to be disobedient to him. Hmm. So... Yeah, the work of salvation, that was all God, but it's he still leaves it up to us of so, whether we follow that, whether we live in that or not. So if there's someone listening right now and they're saying, well, but I'm saved by grace. God yes. has saved me. And so if I sin, he'll still save me and love me. How do yes. we deal with a person like that in love? You send them to Romans 6. (laughs) Okay. What does Romans 6 say? And you say, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And of course it goes on. But the general idea is that, you know, it's this concept of, you know, we have been saved. We are already covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, it's done. Yeah. Jesus already did that work. It is finished. And so we don't have to worry about that. When we have faith in him, we are covered by the blood of his sacrifice. But we are still living in this sinful world. And while we are living in this sinful world, we will still sin. So there is a a concept, um, and I know it from Martin Luther's work, of basically saying that we are simultaneously saints and sinners. And so we are at the same time holy and perfect saints because of the blood of Jesus and Jesus' sacrifice, the work that God did. But at the same time, we are also sinners because Mm. we still live in this sinful world and we still choose to disobey God Mm. on a daily basis. So you you mentioned Martin Luther here. So I think someone's father's probably pretty happy. (laughs) Well, you know, I I do have this Lutheran upbringing thanks to my parents. So, you know, I mean, I think I was thinking about quoting Luther in like the Latin and stuff. But, you know, simul justus et peccator. Oh, boy. We were, uh, you know, simultaneously saints and sinners. There we go. But there you go. (laughs) Friends, partly I bring up Katie's parents because, look, Katie grew up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because parents, your teaching, your example matters. The way you live your life matters. 
Katie is sitting here today a lot because of her parents putting their love on her and saying, we love you and we want to teach you the right way. And then Katie chose to say, okay, I'm going to learn this. And now Katie's a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, that I kept following that. You know, because there's a lot of people that, so I went to Christian schools all through, you know, my childhood and through high school and everything. And there's a lot of people that had the same education in school that I had that are not necessarily living a Christian Mm. life anymore. You know, so it's still, you know, we still have that, you know, I still have to make that daily choice to follow God. Mm. You know, he did the work of saving me, you know, back when Jesus died on the cross. God took care of all of that. But then I still have the choice of do I live my life in obedience to God or do I willfully choose to disobey him? Mm. And that's the same choice that we all have. Yes, absolutely. And thanks for having that conversation. I think it's good. So, friends, again, you're tuned in to Do Not Keep Silent. Find us online at do not keep silent.com. That's do not keep silent.com. Do you want to let you know we're going to keep digging into this just a bit? right now, I'd like to share with a quick, fast cast. We'll get back to it. And also, you can find out more about the ministry at worldviewwarriors.org. This is the Worldview Warriors Fast Cast, your daily spiritual energy drink, with your host, Jason DeZurich. As I get started today, I'd like to direct you to a blog post titled John 66, The Church in Freefall, written by Chad Kuhn. You see, John 666 is one of the most heartbreaking verses in all of the Bible. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then we see in John 667 that Jesus says, Do you also want to go away? Friends, the separation seems to be occurring in the church today. Many Christians are adopting unbiblical beliefs in the name of being woke, inclusive, relevant, and even loving. And we must realize that we don't get to reinvent Jesus. We only receive him as he is, as clearly seen within the Bible. Friends, he cannot be separated from his work. To dig more into this idea, please go find Chad Coon's blog post titled John 666, The Church in Free Fall. Find us online at worldviewwarriors.org. Yeah, go find us online at worldviewwarriors.org. That's worldviewwarriors.org. Dot org Again, we so appreciate you tuning in to the program. And I just wanted to direct you as well to some of our resources there at worldviewwarriors.org. Yes, we have our blog and the podcasts and all that good stuff. But I also wanted to direct you to, again, what the Bible says about. We've talked about it earlier in this program. And something I just want to tell you really quickly, too. It's really cool. I see it here. Uh, at a good price. So, oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, it's on sale. Good. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Fantastic. So yeah. I encourage you to go check that out uh, at worldviewwarriors.org. Click click the tab that takes you to what the Bible says about and, you know, what is what is this about? Well, so interestingly, we were having this discussion just a little bit ago about, like, you know, do we have free will and, you know, is this us? Is this God doing the work? All of that. There's actually a chapter in that book, What the Bible Says About. It's called What Does the Bible Say About Free Will? So you can actually well, imagine that. I know. I was I was thinking about that as we were talking about it. I was like, should bring that up. So since you brought up the book again. <laughs> yes, why not? That is one of the chapters in there. And there are so many other things in there. Um, there's also what the Bible says about authority, what the Bible says about grace, what the Bible. Oh, one of my favorites. I got to mention these. What the Bible says about aliens from another planet. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. in that book. Yeah. And what the Bible says about dinosaurs. 
also a good one. So, yes, <laughs> definitely check out What the Bible Says About at worldviewwarriors.org. You can click the link to it and you can buy it right there. Yeah, that's awesome. So with, with that, let's get back to 1 Corinthians. Yes, let's do that. So we are we had gone through 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 9, kind of talked through it a little bit. And so while this was written to the people of Corinth in the first century, uh, there's a lot in this text that applies to us as Christians today also, because we too have received God's grace in our lives if we are believers in Jesus. Because of that, just like the Corinthians, our lives are enriched by his word and by the knowledge that only God can give us. It's our faith in Jesus that allows us to understand the Bible and to apply it to our lives. So each believer in Jesus has a testimony, a story about how God has worked in our lives. And those stories are powerful. You may not think that your story is maybe as amazing as Paul's, you know, when Jesus, you know, meets him on the road to Damascus and knocks mm. him blind and all of that good stuff. But our stories are powerful in sharing the good news about Jesus to believers. Our testimony confirms as we live out our faith in our daily lives and other people see God working in and through us. But it's our stories that we can use to maybe help build relationship with someone, to help them get to know Jesus and how Jesus has worked in our lives and how he can work in their lives as well. So just as the people of the Corinthian church in the first century were waiting for Jesus to come again, well, we're still waiting for that today, nearly 2,000 years later. But we know that God is faithful. As we wait for Jesus to come again, every day we are given allows for more opportunity to share our testimony and share the grace of God and the gospel message of Jesus Christ with more people here on this earth so that we may all wait expectantly for the day when Christ comes again. And just as they were back then in our self-focused society today, we easily get caught up in all that we can or should do or say. But note that God is the focus of all of the actions in this passage in 1 Corinthians. It's all about what God has done and what God is doing and what God will do. Our part is to receive his grace and choose to live that out in our lives taking whatever part in God's action that he asks us to do. God uses his people to bring about his kingdom on this earth, and we are called to simply be obedient to all that God is doing, always giving thanks to God for what he has done and what he will do in our lives. Mm. Amen to that. Yes, it really does come down to it's all about God, which is awesome. And really the Bible is, well, a love story. About God loving us. Yeah, it, it is all about God. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. amazing. So, friends, again, I thank you for taking time to tune in to Do Not Keep Silent tonight. Find us online at do not keep silent.com. That's do not keep silent.com. So appreciate you being with us. And with that said, got one more fast cast I want to share with you, and then we'll get some final thoughts from Katie as we leave. This is Do Not Keep Silent. Find us online at do not keep silent.com. This is the Worldview Warriors Fastcast, your daily spiritual energy drink, with your host, Jason DeZurek. My family and I have been a part of a Christian health co-op since 2008. With our family of eight, we have dealt with many, many health concerns over the years. Now, just one of those concerns happened in 2017 when I suffered a life-threatening stroke 
He needed to be life flighted to a hospital and even had emergency life-saving brain surgery performed on me. To this day, I'm still amazed and thankful, not only for those who took care of me, but for the incredible healing hand of Almighty God on me personally. Believers in Christ, we need to look to Almighty God and His ways and put them into practice in the real world, allowing God to get the credit where credit is due. If this idea interests you at all, please go check out my blog post titled, There is a Better Way, Almighty God's Way. Find us online at worldviewwarriors.org. Yeah, go find us online at worldviewwarriors.org. That's worldviewwarriors.org. Again, my guest tonight, Katie Erickson, author, blogger, speaker for the ministry. And again, you can find out more about the ministry, worldviewwarriors.org. Find more about Katie at worldviewwarriors.org. Been writing for us for many, many years, speaking for us doing editing. It's just a lot of fun having her here. It is a lot of fun. It is. It's <laughs> been great. It's been quite the journey. And uh, Katie, as we wrap up here, do you have any final words for our listeners? Really, I would just encourage you to do some reading in First Corinthians. Um, you know, just start at the beginning and just see how far you get. Um, I'm just starting this journey through this book. And so far, um, honestly, I feel like I'm moving really slowly through mm. it. But honestly... I think that's the best way to do it. You know, I've essentially, what, like five weeks I think it's going to take me just to get through 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <laughs> because there's so much in this book, um, you know, to just dig into a few verses at a time. There's just so much content there. And, you know, while it was written to the church in Corinth, it is so applicable to us today. Because, again, you know, while the circumstances of the times and the geography have changed— Humans are still humans, and the issues that the church in Corinth was facing are really the same issues that we are still facing today. You know, un unfortunately, not a lot of that has really changed, but we at least need to have letters like this, like 1 Corinthians, to give us some guidance on how we should be acting as the church of Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, we may or may not follow that well, but we at least have the guidelines on this is what we should do to really promote the name of Jesus Christ. Mm, absolutely. Thanks again, friends, for tuning in to Do Not Keep Silent. My name is Jason Zurich. Go out and make today great. I'll see you next time. And don't be a pushover. Online at do not keep silent.com.